The Coleraine Football Club podcast is kindly sponsored by the Lodge Hotel in Coleraine, famous for food, functions and friends. Hi, welcome along once again to the official Korean FC podcast. Uh, on we're recording on Thursday in the midst of storm. Agnes, um, I don't know what it's like where you are listening, but I can hear the rain outside, and it sounds rough enough. So, anyway, sit back for the next hour or so, and we'll talk all things football and and in particular, Korean Football Club. Uh, Before we start, thanks as ever to our podcast sponsors, The Lodge Hotel. Um, And I know it seems an awful long way away, but we're talking about Boxing Day. I know it's only September, but The Lodge Hotel is already fully booked for Christmas Day, would you believe? So why not join The Lodge Hotel on Boxing Day and stretch out the festive season a little bit? and indulge with a, a delicious four-course carvery in the Allen Suite. Choice of hot and cold starters, roasts, etc., all your usual favourites. Served from 12.30 to 3pm, and kids' menus, adults, children's prices, everything um, on the Lodge Hotel website. So if you want to make it easy for yourself on Boxing Day, have a meal before you go to the Balamina Derby, give the Lodge Hotel a shout. So... Right, without further ado, Johnny, uh, Jonathan McNabb, my fellow podcast co-host here. Um, how are we, Johnny? It's, it's, it's been an um, up and down kind of a week, I think would be fair to say. Yeah, I was sitting there, we've just lit the fire in our house, and this time last week I was in Athens, and it was about 40 degrees, and my bald head was getting scolded, so uh, a bit of a difference, in, and yeah, a bit of a difference in the two performances as well, one that I missed, and and one that I was at, but I'm sure we'll, we'll come to that. But no, listen, uh, all good. And um, yeah, just back to work today and done an interview with Kurt Frampton. So, um, so yeah, no, listen, uh, back in the groove now. And uh, yeah, another week on, the, on another podcast. Mm. And you you mentioned the fact that you weren't at the Oval on Friday when Korean won and won well against Glentorn. Then you were there on Tuesday for Cliverville and they lost. I think there's a, a bit of a pattern here, and, and the word scud might have been mentioned. Yeah, I had a had a couple of videos from from people associated with Korean, and I, and I won't name them, um, uh, just for their integrity, you know, all that. Tell me not to come back, and I think they have a point after that after Tuesday night. So, uh, no, listen, it's weird because whenever you're out in a cruise, you've no access to the internet. You're in the middle of the wilderness, obviously, and there's a fella, and he he has the internet, obviously, the connection, and he was from Larne, and he told me we were one 0 down, and. That was okay. He came back about half an hour later and he said we'd won two one. I thought he was uh, I thought he had too many drinks, but no, he showed me. And then obviously then I came back and I watched the highlights over and we were brilliant. So um yeah, a little contrast in emotions and maybe I should stay away. Mm, anyway, well we'll work on that. Well, I'm delighted to say that we're on our podcast this evening joining us as our special guest is Korean Football Club physio, physiotherapist Kieran Ferris. Kieran is that your proper job title, physio or, or chief physio, or what? What What do you normally go by? Um, I think Alan's still uh, taking himself on as a chief physio. I'm just very much just physio at the minute. Um, but thanks for having me on, lads. Much appreciated. Um, I don't know again who dropped out to let me on, but I'll take it and run with it. Um, no, it's uh, no, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on because I think I said before we 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 started recording the podcast. Uh, as as regular listeners would know, uh, I support Leeds United, and um, listening to their club website this week, uh, they had Rob Price. I think he's maybe head of medicine or something at the club. I think that's his official title, and he was on their podcast, and it was very very interesting just listening to him, and obviously. Leeds United or any club across the water at that level is a is a different kettle of fish to what we're dealing with, Kieran. But a lot of what he was saying, you know, was very interesting in terms of the physio aspect of thing, the medicine, the health. Um, and it got me thinking, like for yourself, it's not just probably what what we used to think a physio did. There's probably a lot more to your job now 
than ever there was before. Um, I I definitely think that the role itself is evolving. Um, I think we have far more to do with you know who plays the input in the team um, with the squad on a Saturday. Definitely, we would sort of dictate who'd be fit enough to start to be on the bench. Um, be as well. It's not maybe as fickle as rugby, but. Football is definitely heading in the right direction for player welfare in that regard. Yeah, it's funny you say that because he he talked about that as well, about how they work so closely with the players. And they were talking about, you know, on some occasions, players may try to say they're actually fit to play when, in effect, they're not really. And it comes down to people like yourself and physios to maybe say to the management, you know, yes, the player's saying he's fit, but no, he's actually not. And you have to do that for the greater good almost at times. Does that happen? Um, Probably more often than you would like to. I think I'm a bear of bad news more than I am good. Um, I think if Warren sees me sort of walking across the pitch to him, I think his heart sinks a wee bit. Um, but it is very much a case of, we are looking out what for what's best and the lads want to play every week. Um, and, you know, as soon as they're sort of pain free and think they're jogging, they think they're back. Whereas there's obviously a few more tests and hoops to jump through to order in order for them to go back to the robust Irish league standard, which they have to meet. Yeah, because it goes without saying that, you know, a player wants to play, wants to get back as quickly as possible, but, in the bigger scheme of things, you have to ensure that when a player comes back, that he's going to be able to play and he's not going to break down within a game or half a game or a week. You're looking at the bigger picture and sometimes footballers don't want to hear that. No, definitely. Um, as, as I say, the lads want to play every week um, and it's kind of trying to give them that big picture as in the you're you're not playing this week, maybe for the next three weeks, but it's rather than you breaking down in the next coming weeks, we can keep you safe, structure you back, integrate you back into training, um, build you up appropriately, and then you'll not have to worry about this for the rest of the year. That's the way we try to approach it with the lads. And a lot of the a lot of the men at the minute are responding well to it. Um they're really taking under. Um, you know. Obviously, Saturday comes, it changes a wee bit, but more often than not, the lads are great with it. I mean, Johnny, you can imagine from like Kieran's point of view or Alan's point of view or the Doc's point of view within the club, you know, there it's player welfare as much as anything else. And Kieran's like a fan of the club and wants to see the players and the team doing well as much as anybody else, but it's difficult for him because he is looking at the bigger picture and the player welfare. And you can just imagine how difficult it must be for Kieran at times, Johnny, to have to say to the player and then to the management that this player's not ready to play. Yeah, he nearly has to like take his club hat off, if that makes sense, and look at it as, a, as an individual. So basically like a doctor, when you go to your doctor, you know, and that sort of way. So, oh yeah, that would be that would be difficult. And I can just picture Orange seeing Kieran. I can just picture Orange <laughs> and, and knowing what's, what's happening next. And, and yeah, no, look, I think obviously, you know, you know, we, we've had players on here recently, you know, we've had Adam Owen on, who's obviously struggling with, with a long term injury, and we know how difficult that can be. So, you know, guys, you know, get like Kieran and, and Alan and you know, and all the club doctors and everyone else are so important around the club, they're they're just important as anybody else. So no, yeah, I think, you know, it's probably difficult. I'm sure, for example, Kieran tells Stephen Larry last year you probably need an extra couple of weeks and, and stuff like that, and guys are just absolutely dying to play. So no, yeah, I'd say that'd be a, I'd say that'd actually be a difficult job saying they play here, lads. No, you're you're not playing today, and knowing the guys as we do, um, I'm sure I'm sure there's a few effing and blinding uh, here. <laughs> and I know, like again, harking back to the Leeds podcast, and, and and the guy was talking a lot about, aside from the physio side of things, he was then talking to football the players about nutrition about sleep patterns about all the other ancillary things that go to preparing a player to 
to play at their optimum. And I know it's different levels, Karen, because that's a full-time professional outfit. Korean at the moment are a, a part-time uh, club in a, in a semi-professional professional league. Is that something that you have discussions with the players about as part of the overall management group or is that left more to the players individually? Um, look, uh, it's it's always a case that you don't want to step too far away from your remit. Um, you know, if the lads are interested in something, I'm, I'm more than happy to give it a more a go over in terms of is there any scientific research maybe behind it? Is there anything supporting what they're doing? Is it safe first and foremost? Um, and I'll I'll delve into it that way. Um, nutrition wise, I'm no pro. Um, I think it's probably that professional aspect that the club will hopefully step towards in the future. That all these things. I think we've got a grant for a kitchen um, coming through. That's fantastic. Um, there's other things moving, other cogs turning that will contribute towards that. But I definitely know that my role as well crosses over very much into a strength and conditioning realm, whereas lads are coming to me um, looking for programs to touch up areas of strength, of um, of areas of weakness that they maybe feel that they need to work on, uh, which I'm more than happy to do. Um, but it, there is definitely crossover in regards of kind of what um, you would be doing like in my role in the NHS. You know, it's, it would be very dynamic. I'm often speaking to my girlfriend, Robin, who's a fantastic nurse. Um, like, how do I manage burns, for example? Like, what way do I acutely deal with burns and, you know, from a 4G pitch and all these different things that kind of you don't encounter in your day-to-day -day job? Just on the 4G pitch, I mean... Think that the 4G pitches are much, much better than what the old AstroTurf pitches used to be when they first were developed. And I remember when they first came out, and even now, you hear people saying about players picking up specific injuries or particular types of injuries because they play on an artificial surface as opposed to grass. Is that something that is still applicable, or is that less now because? the quality of the services are improving? Um, I don't think it's something we have to, like, I, I definitely don't think we can look past that. I, I think there's enough things out there that are, are definitely saying that there are different injuries um, occurring on that AstroTurf or 4G pitch that at a higher rate than maybe didn't on grass. Why that is, maybe it just wasn't, um, you know, sort of researched at the time or the data wasn't collected or there was no specific interest in it at the time. It's hard to say, um, but I don't, I think we would be, be naive to kind of look past and say, well, there is a correlation between some of this stuff. Um, I know personally just trying to keep an eye on kind of what injuries we would maybe pick up. And I, I think between myself, Al and Peter, we're always trying to, pick up trends and and see if there's any correlation between is the pitch causing this is this a thing of the is it due to the pitch or is it just you know sometimes things fall like we get five ankles in a you know, a space of four weeks and then it's knees and then it's hips um you know it's one of those things it is <clears throat> and it could be just a chance it just happens i mean there's maybe no particular uh, reason for it. I mean, injury-wise, how how are we at the moment? I know uh, Tuesday night against Cliftonville, Jamie Glacken went off, and I think he'd maybe went off on Friday with something similar, if I'm not mistaken. But certainly last night he left the field. Uh, his arm was in a sling, and I'm just wondering. And I know it's we're recording this quite early after the game and, and maybe you don't know but I'm just wondering what would the extent of, of his particular injury um it's hard to it's hard to say um it's fairly acute given happened on Friday we gave it he felt good we gave it a blast yesterday um and it didn't work out um that happens um again it's but we're 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 staying positive with it there's nothing 
we're just getting all the tests done, making sure that he's okay before we, we you know, we give him a go again. Um, you know, with just the usual rigmarole of born out rehab for Jamie until we we get everything cleared up and make sure there's nothing sinister going on there. It's uh, that's that's difficult, Johnny, isn't it? Because he played Friday and then went out and played on Tuesday, and maybe looking at a period of out of out of the game now and that's where it's a difficult one for like physios and medical staff, isn't it? Along with the management trying to decide when and if a player is able to play. Yeah, especially with being part-time as well, I think, you know, and like the one player I always look at in terms of when he went from us is Ben Doherty. I think how his whole body's just sort of transformed when he's obviously been at Lauren and, and there he's, he's probably, I wouldn't say he's half the size, he's never big anyway, but he's just literally toned everything up and, he scored a goal was like in Sharon Rovers at the start of the season. He ran from his own half and he ran like an absolute whippet. And I've never seen him run that quick in his life. Um, so different things like that. And, and yeah, look, I think it shows a lot of us for for relax they play and and they he probably never really looked overly comfortable, being totally honest. Um so yeah, I think look he gave it a go, but you know, who knows? I could I wouldn't really imagine he'll be he'll be playing on Saturday. So um, yeah, it's obviously a frustrating one. I think Oren was saying after the Glentorn game, I think it's one that maybe pops in and out or something like that there. So um yeah, no, look, I'll, I'll leave that to, to Kieran and, and all the all the intelligent fellas um they, they, they say about that one. But no, yeah, look, as I said earlier, it's it's definitely uh it's definitely an evolve. I would say it's an evolving job to be honest. I think, you know, we like we, we train now in four G and play in four G and you, know, you look at the Glens, they have a lot of injuries, but yeah, they train in four G and playing grass, so I don't go with that. And then to do with it as well. So no, yeah, I think it's I find I find it a bit interesting as well, but obviously it's far too educational for me. So uh, but it's always good to to, to hear to, to hear things. And about yourself, Kieran, for those who don't maybe know you so well, um you're actually you, you are employed full time in the NHS. Am I right in saying that as a physiotherapist? I am, yeah. Um so my nine to five, as you all, is I'm in an outpatient clinic. I see, um, if you don't mind me saying, your average Joe coming in, um, people from all age ranges, from sort of eight years old to eighty-eight, um, they all come through my door. Um, and it's it's a very different way of working, as I've mentioned, but you know it's fantastic. At the same time, you kind of you can apply all skills. And what about yourself? I mean, did you have interest in sport as a young man, as you, as you were growing up? Was it something, football was something always on the radar or or not? Um, oh, definitely. I was football mad, um, completely fanatical about it. Um, and to be fair, mum and dad got me into sports from, you know, dad had me kicking the ball out there when I was no age. And then into golf, Gaelic football, everything I could put my hand to, tennis, um, and then obviously just kicked on from there. Um, ended up, I think, the last sort of competitive nature of football I played was probably Victor Hunter at the Colts at Corian, and then sort of veered off in other directions and ended up with Teals at Port Shirt for a short period of time as well. So, uh, no, I love my football now. I love being in around it. I was going to say, for somebody that, enjoys sport so say you enjoy sport Johnny and I obviously enjoy sport and we're all very privileged that we get to be close to it through our work you know you with the football club and the physio me and Johnny and and, and reporting on it etc etc so from your point of view you're always a football fanatic is working as a physio for your local football club is that almost like I know if you can't play for the team, is that as close as you can get? And in some ways, feeling part of the whole outfit, the team. I think so. Yeah. Um. Like it's, I've I've never been interested in something that isn't competitive. It doesn't entertain me at all. Um. So being in an environment where it's intense, it's always moving. There's always things happening. Is just my ballpark that's where I want to do and if I can't do it myself then I want to be at least assisting it and being in the middle of it as you, as you will say there like it's something that you know is 
beyond like beyond interesting to me at all times. Like the stuff some of the lads come out with, the input they get, you know, the wee nuggets that Orn throws out to the lads all the time is so interesting. Um, you know, I sometimes rephrase it myself to to say to the younger boys, <laughs> they have Robin's nephew and stuff, being like uh, using some of Orn's phrases. I catch uh, I catch myself saying so. <laughs> No, it's, it's brilliant. I really love it. But it is, as I said, it's a privileged position, isn't it? Because you're right in the centre of everything. You're in the changing rooms. You know, that's um, that's a place not many people get to in the changing room before games, at halftime and after games. And many of us, all of us that follow football clubs or, or sport, would love to have access to that sanctuary of the changing room mm-hmm. just to see the dynamics, just to hear the nuggets or the things that are said, like like what you're talking about there. Those are priceless moments and memories, aren't they? Oh, definitely. Um, and like you you see the raw emotions of lads <laughs> when you're in the changing room. Um, you know, you see the highs probably of Friday and the, the lows of um Tuesday. Um, you know, laid bare um for all to see. Um it's again. I I was in Maribor. I seen the changing room for that. You know, it's like nothing I've ever experienced before in my life. And then we go then to the, the League Cup final probably last year, or even worse against Cliftonville, where we were dog beaten and down. And you know, it, it's it's incredible to see how lads react to that. But I guess that's the essence of sport, isn't it? Because we're sitting here this week, and we were on the back of a a right good hammer at Cliftonville on Tuesday night. I'm by anybody's admission, Korean play Korean didn't play well, were well beaten on the on the night. And it came three days after the highs of beating Glentorn and playing Glentorn off the park at the Oval. And of course, when you lose heavily like that, there's always a reaction and supporters have their say and social media nowadays everything's accentuated. But it's like what you're saying almost and you're hinting at is that sport, you get highs, you get lows, and you just gotta somehow work your way through that and try and on an even keel somehow <clears throat> take both together. No, definitely. Um, like I think there's definitely better places to have an off night than solitude on the Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> you know, with, with Joe Gormley and your young chap Ben Wilson, who's ripping it up at the minute. Um, you know that, as I say, there's better nights to to not have the have the game going your way. Um, you know, you have to give it to them. They were they played well and Roy Hill really dragged them through it, I thought, as well, especially the first 20 minutes. I thought he was just a driving force for them. Um but it's it is what it is. Um like, like without without going into too much detail, I'm just intrigued like that changed room on Tuesday night after that match without giving, as I say, too much away. I mean, we can only imagine what it must be like to be in that change room after a game like that. Difficult, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Um, like, none of the lads go out to get beaten. Um, it's fair to say nobody ever wants to be beaten by 5-0, so the lads were obviously devastated. Um, but... As again, as you said, sport, it can happen. It's just dust ourselves on and move off or dust ourselves down and move on. Um, this is all we can do. Um, I know. It's, it's, I mean, Johnny, it is difficult Like because we all hurt when we lose, you know, regardless of whether we're players, management, physio, supporters, sponsors, doesn't matter. Everybody feels the pain of getting a right good tank on that Tuesday night of its solitude but as Keir says you just got to get back on the horse you got to go again you can't you can't feel sorry for yourself for too long can you yes you can feel sorry for yourself for a a certain little period of time but then you've quickly got to move on haven't you yeah football is such a it's such a mental sport and it's only so it was eight or nine games in September and I think we're nearly only halfway through them so you know and as well you know, I don't know if I should say this or not, but obviously we were chatting to Orr last night and Orr looked at his phone and somebody tweeted him saying, Purely out, you know, and like to his own phone and he's seen it and it's just, it's just, when it, when it, it sort of hit me, I was like, ah man, you know, he's a manager, he's a husband, he's a father, he probably didn't sleep last night, he's going home, 
there's a lot of things they worry about on the pitch and then he gets that sent to him and stuff and yes we're all frustrated and yes we want to win and of course you know we're going to have you know, we're going to have groans and moans and whatever it is about it but it's just one of them things where we just can't you know we need to stick together I think um, as well so yeah it's just one of them things look the Tuesday, performance on Tuesday night wasn't acceptable like you know I'm usually the first to, to defend them but it was embarrassing you know we we did give up after two goals All the, every single goal they scored if there was a highlight reel of the goals we can see against Cliftonville in the last two years it would be absolutely horrendous to watch and it just goes down to players switching off every single nearly seems every single time so or individual mistakes so no yeah look I think Strangely enough, I think we are playing crusaders is a good way to bounce back. We know if we play the same, it's, it's going to be the same scoreline. So, you know, the players can only can only play better and, and we're at home as well. So, yeah, fingers crossed that we can get back on the horse. Yeah, someone's not the courage to watch the, the, the BBC highlights today and I've seen the goals and... Oh, bad. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the fourth one that really annoys me, the quick throw one, like... And then the corners as well, you know, I think the players were told about the corners and the different things like that. So, yeah, look, it's very easy to complain and complain and stuff like that, but you have to give a bit of credit to Cliftonville as well. I thought they were very, very sharp, but very, very fit as well. Um, Kieran mentioned Ronan Hill, what a player he is. Ronan Hill, sorry, what a player he is in the middle part with, with Chris Gallagher. And, and obviously then you've, you've Ben Olsen up front. And the movement, was it for his first goal? I watched him. I didn't even watch the ball. I watched his movement. It just dodged the front post and... It was a good finish. So when this last goal was saying, I as well passed under there. It was such a good finish. So no, yeah, look, um, a very chastened evening, especially after Friday night. Friday night. Um, seems to be that the last time we lost five 0 was actually against Cliftonville as well in twenty thirteen. So if that's the only team we lose five 0 to, well, I'm sure it'll, be, it'll not be too bad. Once every ten years. <laughs> Once every ten years is plenty, actually. Uh, um. But no, it's it is it is difficult, and as as you rightly say, Crusaders on Saturday is is a chance for a bit of redemption. Um, Kieran, you mentioned when you were talking there about Maribor. Am I right in thinking that that was your first game as physio away to Maribor? It was indeed, yeah. I'd have just retired to be honest. <laughs> I was close to it. I was close to it. Um, is- no. It, it sort of just fell into my lap. I couldn't really have asked for a better scenario. Um, and Alan, obviously it was COVID, so there was travel restrictions in place. I, at that time, actually wasn't working because um, the rugby had obviously... I was with uh, Korean Rugby at the time. Um, it was called off, and then I was agency as well, so I was furloughed for that time. So I had the flexibility where I could jump in a... F- play and isolate um, and then Alan obviously with his NHS job couldn't have didn't have that flexibility to do that so I, I think after the fact I think he was quite jealous and <laughs> I was not really pleased <laughs> I, was saying, I mean, I mean what, what was that like right because like, you probably didn't know any of the players you probably didn't know any of the management you didn't know any of the people involved Probably, I'm only surmising because you weren't with them at the time. How difficult was that? Just stepping on a plane for like a, what was at the time a really important European game. It wasn't just a run of the mill Irish League game. No disrespect to Irish League, but that was a high profile game. Um, no, it definitely was. Um, I'd be lying if I wasn't somewhat nervous. But it's I've just always said yes to every opportunity, and I said like Alan had laid everything out for me he had given me every possible scenario of what could be done so or what to do in prep or what the, the lads could ask for and the lads were more than welcome welcoming to me um i had a fantastic um I had to sing a song for them the night before the game which was horrendous and i'm sure nobody wants to hear again well, um, can we ask what what did you sing i believe sweet caroline uh, oh. i sang um, I, have, I have footage for that for the World Wide Web. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay a lot of money for that. Never get out, <laughs> uh, But no, like all the lads were fantastic as well. They were so laid back, so chilled. Like it was Daryl's first trip as well. Obviously, everyone knows the notorious uh, Kitman, Daryl Coyles. Um, it was myself and Daryl were just plodding around Slovenia for 
four days. So, <laughs> well, when oh, you sorry. say when you say plotting, I mean you were plotting some of the time, but there was also a time you were sprinting. If anybody ever remembers, oh, the, yeah. the, the the scenes of celebration after the final penalty, who was the first player off the bench to reach the Ben Doherty and the players? Um. I think well, it wasn't even a player. I think it was it was it was me, and then I think Parky followed <laughs> me. Um, and then look at Kearney wasn't too far behind me either. Um, no, it was it was. I was watch. I think I was the only one watching the penalty, and that's why I got so far ahead of everyone else. So by the time everyone had turned around and realized Ben had scored, I was already in the penalty area trying to rugby tackle. Um, but no, fantastic night. What 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 memories? I mean, Johnny, you still talk about that as I think one of your highlights of, of following Korean and all the times that you've been there, if not the highlight. So you can just imagine for somebody like Kieran coming in for his first game. Kieran could have been forgiven for thinking it was going to be like that all the time. Uh listen, David, I say it's the Raz the best moment in, in probably one of my, in my life, probably. I'm not even joking. Like I I was better than getting married. Hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not joking. I hope Laura's not listening. I'm not joking. Like I am. Like I swear, I couldn't believe it. It's one of the ones where, like, like, like when you get a penalties, you're like, is this even happening? And when you win in penalties, like, I remember looking at Aaron. I was like, like, are we dreaming? Like, are we? You know, it's just what it was. Just the most surreal. Is I, I can't. I can't describe what it's like. It, it was the weirdest feeling ever. And obviously, they yeah, beating them in penalties, and then a few other ultras getting in, and all just added to it. And Ben slipping and still scoring and. Everyone running wild, and I know. Listen, like that's you know that's once in a generation result there, really. You know, like we're realistically the chances of doing that again are very very slim. So, um, yeah, it's one of the ones where you know we had to be there to sort of. Yeah, it was just such a weird feeling, especially with new fans as well. So, um, no, yeah, I think I think if I was Kieran, I'd have just went out and and a place like glory that one. I <laughs> don't even have went back through the showgrounds gate, <laughs> and I wouldn't even drive down the bypass the road either. Just quit, quit at the top. That's that's what you say. I mean, 100%. after that came, was that was that you hooked them once after that night, for example? Um, I would I would say yes, um, very much so. Uh, I I actually didn't come back to work with the club until February that year. Um, well, the following calendar year, obviously. Um, again, the league started and then it was called off because of COVID. Um from November till February and then it came back as pretty much double game weeks until the end of the year um, and it was just Alan asked me to come in I did make midweek games and he did um, the Saturdays and that's the way we worked it until the end of the year and then Orna asked me to come on board after that it's, it'd be hard to say no like given that your sport A the Maribor thing and it all just fell into place for you didn't it I mean but you also said about the cup finals and losing in cup finals and that's the the flip side of a Maribor isn't it where it's not all success and, and you have to you learn very very quickly at, at the highest level sport it's it's a cruel mistress isn't it uh yeah very much so I think the the Clifton Ball one probably stands out the most um Stevie Lowry Making it two nil. Um, I believe it was Stevie there who made it two nil. Chevy broke the deadlock, and then Stevie hit the second. Um, and then getting to the eighty fifth minute, and then somehow losing, was it four three five three or something like that in extra time? Just absolutely gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's just sport for you. <laughs> it's it's a combination of sport for you and following Korean as well. I mean, look at Johnny. Look, he's got no hair on his head. He's only oh, he was he was twenty nine last week. It was his birthday last week. That's why he was away cruising around the, the the Greek islands. But he's got no hair on his head anymore. That's how that's what it's following Korean's done to him. I yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, I can hold on to my wee bit longer. Give him a dad's profession. Um, <laughs> That's anybody, or something. Any, any, anybody doesn't know uh, Kieran, your father Simon is a hairdresser, a barber, a hairdresser. He'll he'll look after you in that department. He doesn't have to worry about Johnny. I don't think anyway. 
No, I would, I would, I wouldn't keep them long in a business. To be fair, <laughs> but, uh, no. My 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 death certificate already says "Call the Death Korea Football Club." So it's all good. <laughs> Okay, I, it will be as well. I have no doubt about that. Um, and uh, how long have you been? That's a couple of years now, Kane. You've been doing it. Um, what changes have you seen in the last couple of years? Um, obviously a, a massive change of personnel. I think from whenever I first landed, I, the the team's probably not recognisable to whenever I first came in, and obviously the introduction of the pitch. Um. Our playing style has massively changed from what it was whenever we had a grass pitch and sort of Garth McConaughey was at the back with Stevie O'Donnell. Um, you know, it's it's definitely been a transitional phase for us, I feel. Um, but the professionalism through the club, I, th- I think, has went through the roof. Um, as I think Oren's highlighted and... You know, Collins said, like, we've invested so much into our facilities, Um, you know, and everyone comes down, comments on, you know, how good they are. You know, they can't believe the gym, the medical room, our changing rooms, even all along with the the, the Resi's changing room. Um, I think Man United passed a comment, you know, being it was a great setup um, with the pull, pull down screen and everything. So, like professionalism in the club is is through the roof at the minute. And if things go the way that we think they might go, obviously there's there's talk in the background of, of uh, potential investment in the club. We, we've talked about it on the podcast before. So there's work going on on that in the background. And if everything goes accordingly with that there's talk of maybe a couple of million pound investment that will obviously then take things to another level again in terms of professionalism stroke full-time and that would have to be some i mean you would welcome something like that as well i'm not sure about your own particular position but whenever the club is becoming more professional it stands to reason that the physio medical side of things is going to improve as well and that's probably going to help things on the pitch. Oh, definitely. Um, if look, even looking at the likes of of Thorn, Contorn, Linfield, you know they're big athletes now. Um, the likes of Randall and Leroy Miller and the the ranks of Lauren, there's not a pick of fat on them, and you know you can kind of see once that seventy minute mark comes, whenever we are playing those top three teams, they've got legs. Um and you know they can easily have a, a you know their first eleven on the pitch playing for ninety minutes plus whatever ridiculous number the referees want to put up now, um and you know comfortably do it um whereas we might just because of we don't have that strength conditioning we don't have that sort of gym in the morning pitch in the afternoon four to five days a week with recovery included, you know, the lads still have work to do. Um, so I think at the minute, we've seen it last year. We're seeing it even more, I think, this year. Um, so it sort of can't come quick enough. Well, I suppose human nature being what it is and it, it, what you do within the club, you probably look on enviously at the likes of a Larn or a Glen Thorne and see what they're able to do. Because if if it was a level playing field and Korean were full time and, and money behind them, you could be doing the same and you and the players could be doing the same. So there has to be a touch of when you look at what they're doing and what they're able to do, a touch of envy, not not jealousy, but just you would like to be able to do what they're doing. No, I think definitely. Um we can't take away that probably that we got a glimpse of what we can do on on Friday night at the Glens. Um, now with that added recovery, possibly on a Monday or a Sunday, no work on a Tuesday, would that result have been different? Would legs have been slightly less heavy? It's there for discussion. Um, I'm not saying the outcome would have been any different, but would would definitely, it's there to be talked about. Um, and, you know, we I think a lot of teams sort of looked at us and went, 
you know, we really, you know, we we battered Glenthorn a full time side with all the you know bells and whistles that they have at their disposal, all the players that they've brought in. Um, you know, we really showed them that we were there, um, to to compete and not just there to be battered. Mm. And it's a it's an important point, Johnny, because the performance against Glentorn, anybody that was there, it was top, top notch from Corey and absolutely played Glentorn off the park. And Kieran makes a valid point. If if you had a that couple of days rest or the players weren't having to go to work on the Monday and the Tuesday and then go back up to, to, to Belfast on Tuesday night, things might have been different. Nobody will ever know for sure. It's, it's one of those things. But if if Korean were full time, they might have had a better chance going to Cliftonville with that little bit of extra rest, recovery, recuperation. Call it what you like. Maybe it gives you a better chance of probably doing well. Is probably a better way of putting it. Whereas instead of say Josh Carson bricklaying, he could have had a nice massage and a bit of bit of exercise and post match recovery and things like that and chilling out before the game. So yes, look, I think. Football is all fine margins and small margins now, and, and any one percent or two percent improvements that you can make can, can make all that difference. So, no, yeah, if, if that's the way we go further on down the line, and in terms of full time and be able to get more pitch time and recovery time and, and everyone else, well, then it can, can only really be too too to our benefit. Mm, it uh, it all remains to be seen. As I said, there's talks ongoing behind the scenes, and we've talked about it before. And if the investment comes, then we, we shall see. Um. Also, I was just talking, and I was talking to a few people on Tuesday night up at uh, Cliftonville as well, and the, the the issue of the summer football versus the winter football debate came up, and we were talking to a couple of supporters up there. Uh, Kieran, from your point of view, have you any particular preference either way, as opposed to winter or summer football, or do you care? Um. I'm not really. Well, I had a I had a look at sort of Neffel's proposals, five year proposals. Um, I probably would be quite in favour of summer football. I think it lends itself to bigger crowds, um, more people off on holidays, opportunities for bigger crowds. You probably don't get the advantage of Boxing Day, and um, that's the one thing. Um, but. It's just it's nicer to play football in the when the sun's splitting the stones than it is you're freezing, oh, freezing cold. There, have you seen our summers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the sun shining in the whole of July and, and nor August. Come to think of it, I think it was awful. But um, I mean, I know I, uh, it's it's a very very difficult one because the ones that I was speaking to at Solitude were Cliffordville fans and they weren't in favour of a change. And I think me personally, I've yet to be, I've yet to be convinced about a, a switch to summer football, to be honest with you. Um, I know that the argument there are the better weather and more fans and stuff and, and all the rest of it. But I'm not quite sure, you know, if that would happen. Like, if it was a good, say it was a nice evening up around in, in, in the summer in the North Coast and, and Korean were at home to Newry or something, are you going to get more people going to go and watch Korean? Because you've got the beaches, you've got the ports, you've got plenty of other attractions in the summer. So I'm not, I'm yet to be convinced. I don't know. That's... Yeah. No, I think I think as well, the, the thought behind it is possibly that we're more competitive within Europe as well. We're not, we're not playing in the tail end of the season where boys have been off for maybe two to three weeks and they're trying to build themselves back up. Um, you know, you sort of League of Ireland and uh, Scandinavian countries have very much sort of staggered it in a way that they're competing um, at right in the middle of their season so that I think it gives them a better chance of being competitive and probably bringing more money into the league. I think that's all, another argument you could probably throw that way as well. Um but you know it's it's not for us to decide. For... <laughs> I mean, Johnny, what what what's your thoughts on it? I mean, again, it's you're like everybody else. You have a, an opinion. What what is it? I'm dead against it. The bonus. Um, I'm a traditionalist. I just like the way it is. I think, I think summer, 
Like, how do you tell a part time footballer you can't go on holiday in July and August? Would be the first one. Um, whether you like or not, there's band parades out there. There's a few fans who would like to go to one of them. You've Gaelic, you have cricket, you have, you know, that would be my opinion. You know, and say, for example, is it all three tiers? Do they all go summer football? So if you're a player, first club is under the head, if you're a player at Armagh City and you're on, say, £20 a week, that's just arguably the sake. How can you turn around? How can you turn around and say to your manager here, oh, you can't go on holiday? You know, it's, it, you know, so for me, the Europe thing is where I probably agree, obviously, with Kieran. I think, you know, Lauren were completely up against it against Helsinki. Helsinki were 14 or 15 games into their season. So whether or not do you push, do you change the League Cup? Do you bring it forward like they used to? Do you bring the regional competitions forward, which would nearly make them more important? So do you bring the County Under Shield um, as more pre-season tournament? I don't know. I, I do think clubs need to be probably more help with Europe and how they do that. I don't know if I tailor in the, the calendar. So I, I am probably being ironic to myself and, co- and contradictory, but um, no, there's just like there's chatting about Boxing Day being the final game of the season, all that's a load of nonsense, in my opinion. Um, so I think it could tailor maybe, you know, October to maybe, you know, a couple of months extra and a couple of players going into Europe. I just. I just don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm just glad I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, like, I, 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 I know the other big talking point was Sunday football, and I've been on this many as a time, I know it was brought up. I think I'd be dead for it. I think, you know, I think why not? You know, I think, you know, we mentioned you're there. Like, do I think you're going to have any less fans between Corey and Uri on Sunday? I don't think. I think you might improve it. Analysis. Yes, there's people who are absolutely nagger from the weekend and want to just sit in front of the TV, and I get that, but... You have a lot of junior footballers as well. Don't forget as well. You miss out on Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, to be honest, do you ever see Corey Pay match on Sunday in the league? Probably not. Um, you better not be safe and sorry. But I'd be very intrigued to see just what it, even a one off game, just what it would be like. And mm-hmm. we're, we're going with match on Sunday, to be fair, but I would just uh, <laughs> better than the team. Mm. I think the Boxing Day one is, is the big problem, isn't it? Yeah, like. Like Boxing Day, like there's there's people come over for Christmas and the first thing we go to is the match and these people obviously are studying in England and Scotland coming over and it's a family thing and then they take in the, the New Year's Day game as well and then obviously they go their separate ways. So yeah, Boxing Day is massive. It's you know it's massive for every team in the league. It's what it's the biggest day apart from the Irish Cup final. Let's be totally honest. So um, I think if you get rid of that, there's that's mm. a good sign in my opinion. Oh, okay. there is like and, and Kieran mentioned about being bold and I get that, but. There's something nostalgic about being absolutely bolting at a football match. Like, not feeling your toes for like seven hours. There is something. <laughs> I'm not saying it's special. It's not the most greatest feeling in the world, but it's it's just, it's football. You know, like, <laughs> like standing at Carrick and like thinking you frostbite in your toes. It's just something about that. It's just, uh, but you can go out there tonight and get it, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just, listen, it's, um, yeah, it's beyond our control. And we all have our opinions and, you know, parts that I agree with Kieran, parts that disagree, parts that agree with you, and that's just how it is. But listen, none of us three will have anything to do with it. So no. <clears throat> we'll we'll leave that we'll leave that to other 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 people, I think. Uh Kieran, where are we at the minute with injuries? We've got the Glax we, we talked about, Stevie O as well. He's been missing for a good part of the season. And where's he at in terms of rehabilitation? Um Stevie Stevie's doing well. Um he's probably Closer to returning than he's not. Um, like it's just taking care with him. Um, it's a recurrent injury he's had, and as I said, he's more like very much get it right. Don't worry about it. You know, Stevie's a top lad for that. Um, as much as it frustrates him not being out there with the captain's armband, you know, he's a top lad for that. But I would like to think we're 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 getting there with him. Um. But I say it's been slow and monotonous for him. It's just one of these things that kind of won't go away. Um, but we're we're getting there. Difficult. And anybody else carrying aches or pains or knocks that we should know about? Um, look, there's there's a couple of lads. Uh, obviously, Jack O'Mahony's a wee bit sore at the minute. Um, Kieran Farn as well. Um, both hopefully on the other side of it. Now we're just trying to get them. Um, obviously, again with the part-time football, we'll only get in and probably give them a good test. Um, come Thursday, but 
again, more more good signs of people coming back rather than than leaving the squad. Um, then we've got our, our log turners as well. And 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 I guess an important part <clears throat> as well, Kieran. <clears throat> again, without hard got all about the Leeds podcast, but they did talk about Sturdy Dallas mm-hmm. in it. Um, and about his injury <clears throat> and how serious it was. Just about how hard it is for a player like that. I mean, eighteen months. I think he's been out of action now, and I'm a major part of that is just the mental side of things for players as well and I guess physios and the medical people have a part to play in, in helping people like a Stuarty Dallas or Adam Mullen who was on with us a couple of weeks ago Oh massively um, we call them psychosocial factors so the factors outside of what you're focusing on impacting what your goal or function is um, so like the small things in life that probably wouldn't affect you like jumping off a step or in football terms, hitting a 50, 50. If, if you've torn your ACL or you've fractured your kneecap or you've broken your leg, these things become a factor. Can I do this again? Can I not? So it's making these lads believe that they, they can do it um, to their full capabilities again and making them hopefully stronger than they were in the first place. That could be difficult. I mean, because everybody, all people are different and some are probably more receptive to what you're saying in that regard. Some will be less confident going into challenges perhaps than others. I mean, that that's a big thing, isn't it? Difficult to work out who's who. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like, I've damaged my ACL in the past like, and, and weirdly, it's something I thought I would never struggle with. But I found myself playing four port shirt, running into a 50-50 in a muddy park, about to be smashed by somebody who's six foot four. Um, and then all of a sudden the thought comes in your head, oh my knee. Um, and you know, it's it's those we flash moments in your head that you can't prepare for, and it's sort of it's nearly a baptism of fire. Like after I hit that 50-50, I never worried about it again. But it was getting out there and doing that was the hardest part. And I think that's probably the trouble we have with the lads. Like I need to just uh, tell them that I'm so confident. I know this is going to be okay and you're going to be okay and we're going to get through it. And even if it's not, we'll do it again two weeks time. Mm. Uh, It's just that reassurance. And from a medical point of view, you'd be saying to them, because you'll know, the injury, the bone or whatever it is that's healed enough and you'd be confident enough, you wouldn't be saying to them to go out and do it if if you weren't confident, for example. No, completely not. Um like we would I'm like I'm very honest with the lads and they'll tell you that like I'm I'm down the line. If if you're not ready for it and I don't think you're ready, I'll just tell you that they're you're doing nothing but damage if you're filling people's heads full of, of crap. Um so I'll not tell someone or I'll not ask them to do something if I don't feel they're not ready. Now, sometimes they don't feel they're ready, but I know rightly that they are. And that's where it's sort of we, we're at a crossroads. We we sort of need to meet halfway sometimes. Um, but, you know, it's it's just building that confidence with the lads and letting them know, like, you know, we're, we're here for, again, your welfare. We're, we're not here for you to be, uh, you know, sent like a lamb to slaughter out to the pitch again. Um, you know, Orm's fabulous like that as well. You know, he, he'll always take my opinion on board for the lads, even the lads with a knock, um, so that we're getting the best out of them and we're not just sort of hanging them out to dry and be ridiculed. I know, because everybody's different. You'll get, you'll get players that'll play through the pain barrier or knocks and other players, if they have a slight niggle at all, it's like, oh, doom and gloom. And that's, I'm not just saying that's Korean, but that's, footballers every club that ever existed you'll get guys that'll play through pain barriers with knocks and others that if if the slightest twins it's it's the end of the world almost isn't it that's life like that's why i see <laughs> that's why i see in the nhs every every day um you know people who can you know you can get grannies that can walk on broken hips for three days <laughs> without going to a and e and then you have other chaps who have maybe you know slightly cracked uh, a knuckle or something like that <laughs> doing some stupid punch in the door and they're crying about it for months 
you know, so there's different complete in life. It's just it's the exact same as as football. Um, I think sometimes it's just breaking that down and explaining that to people that, you know, everyone's different. Everyone reacts to pain differently, and it's far more complex than I got a knock. I'm sore. It's all about reacting to pain, Johnny. Reacting to the pain of Tuesday night. That's what we're talking about. That is proper pain, baby. As as watching Corey in on Tuesday night, yeah, that's what proper pain was. But no, I I, I get everyone like here said there. Like I said an ACL surgery, and then sometimes if your knee if you jot in your knee, you're like oh crap. But uh, no, I, I get it, and you know when I get white players, we'll feel like that. And Stuart Dallas, I'm sure he's been out for eighteen months, and I'm sure the doubts and everything that's going through his head at the minute. And, it's nearly more of a mental thing than a physical thing, probably as well, because you obviously get all the best physical care you, you can have, and so yeah, it's nearly like a it's nearly like a psychological thing as well. So, but that's actually quite interesting as well. And I know my sister she got a psychology degree, and I think one of her modules was in that sort of stuff. So, uh, it's quite interesting as well. So, um, but no, yeah, there's 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 just there's a lot more to a player being injured and recovery in terms of obviously as as workouts and stuff as well as it comes down to the the mental thing. Uh, as well, yeah, the mental thing's a big thing. I Dallas he had a broken femur, I think, here, and that's mm-hmm. they were saying it was quite a, an unusual injury. And I think it was the the trauma of it, I think, you know, the likened to almost like the impact of a car crash and stuff. I mean, that's that's quite an unusual injury, I think, isn't it? No, definitely. Um, but I think it shows the, the strength of these lads and and the you know what the top level are functioning at that he had the ability to even break that bone in the first place being a young fit active male um it's a freak injury mm-hmm. um you get them you would adam mullins was a freak injury um you know again it's sport i get these things happen but uh we just try our best to get them back on pitch as, as best we can that's it if you go to play sport competitive sport at any level that's one of the risks isn't it you, you're going to pick up an injury here or there um well here um we'll we'll, we'll wind it up here and we'll, we'll just look ahead to the weekend obviously been a mixed week high at Glentorn, low at cliftonville obviously kieran you were there and in, in, in the changing room afterwards you 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 know what the feeling was like the guys, the players and the management will have a couple of days to think about their performance. Do you expect that we will see a reaction against Crusaders on Saturday? Um, I, I don't know if I would call it so much a reaction. I just expect the lads to go out and do what they do best. Uh, you know, I go. I expect them to go out and play as, as, and show themselves to the players they are. Um, and I'm sure they'll have every every driving themselves to do that as well. Um I I don't think we'll get any worse. Uh we'd be hard to, but I definitely think we'll be a much improved side come now don't don't forget we've got Dean Jarvis coming back as well. He massive miss um regardless of who you take out of that team. He's just so calm on the ball. I've yet to see anyone really get the better of him um defensively and he can really step into any position he pleases. Um, but no, I expect a big reaction against Cruises, but it's it's going to be a graft as well. <laughs> Very good side. And of course, Johnny, you know you're coming up against a Crusaders side who also lost on Tuesday against Linfield, so they'll be hurting. They'll want to be getting back to winning ways. So, given that. I mean, in the context of it, it's an important game for both sets of players and management. Yeah, it's two wounded animals going against each other. Obviously, I think Crusaders they lost against Cliftonville recently two three now, and I think they were they just lumbered and I think they won against Glenavon at the weekend from what I gathered. So, no, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, be interesting to see how both teams line up and and how they go for it. And you know, will Corey go for the juggler? Will Crusaders go for the juggler? It's just really really hard to know. And but yes. As I said, at the start of the show, I generally don't think Corey can play any worse. And, and there has to be a reaction. If there's not a reaction, there, there's something seriously wrong. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a pride thing probably for the players too. And, and they, they, they know they let themselves down. Like they you know they need to tell them that. So, uh, they'll know, hey, you know, we can get, let's try and get back to, to, to a positive result. 
That's it. And Dean Jarvis is a big one coming back as well. I mean, a lot of the debate after the game was about the back three, a back four, you know, Dean Jarvis coming back, I suppose, allows Bourne maybe to go back to a back four, maybe a bit more solid. Who knows? That's, that's something that him and the management can think about. But I think one thing is we're guaranteed is we just don't know what we're going to get on Saturday between two teams that are coming off the back of bad results and who probably need to get back to winning ways as quickly as possible. Korean out of the top six on the back of the midweek defeat as well. It's imperative, Kieran, isn't it, to stay in that top six and, and stay in with those leading teams? Because if you if you lose ground, then it's it's a difficult place to be, isn't it? Oh, yeah, like we're we're already sort of trying to scale that mountain um for the top three sides. Um it's imperative that we we re, we remain competitive. Um and I've no doubt that come you know December and stuff, we will be comfortably back in the top six and we will be competing. Like we've every ability to do that. Um but as you say, it's just a matter of getting back up on the horse and you know, we as Johnny highlighted the two wounded animals kind of going at it on Saturday and uh, see whoever comes out on top. That's it. You never know, guys. I went on Saturday and it's everything's grand again, isn't it? That's the vagaries of sport. You know, defeat midweek and it's doom and gloom. If you go out and win on Saturday, things are, are slightly looking up again. So, Kieran, absolute pleasure having you on the, on the podcast. I hope everybody else was as interested as well because a lot of what you said, it's you know, we don't often get to hear about what goes on with the physios and the mental med- medical side of things behind the club. And it's very interesting. And, and it's an, a very, very important part of the, the club's affairs, Johnny, isn't it? The fact that Kieran and Alan and, and, and the dog, what they do, a lot of times it goes on scene, but it shouldn't be forgotten. 100%. And Kieran thinks that somebody pulled out and he was on the show, but he genuinely was the first person to ask. And no one, the first person to ask, they always say no. So thank you, Kieran. You're against the grain. Um, so <laughs> but no, listen, the set at the top of the show, and you know, Kieran's just as important, you know, in, in a sense as, as Orin, and Orin's just as important as a sense that you know, Gussie does security, you know, and Gussie's just as important as Colin McHenry. We all have a, a certain role that they play around the club, and and without people like that, you know, the club just doesn't survive. And it's as simple as that. And, and yeah, all different, you know, Kieran's they look after the players and things like that. So yeah, and all look, I think. I think a lot of I think a lot. Of, I don't think people know how much work probably goes on there. They roll it out too. So on the Tuesday and the Thursday nights when it's cold and stuff like that. So now yeah, um, I took my cap off to the guys and I had a cheeky cup of tea in it one island one day and there's a few nice biscuits around it as well. So <laughs> I'm G- I'll be doing our cup of tea and biscuit for that lovely call here. That's where I, that's where I'll be going. And, I'll be going there on Saturday. <laughs> I think I'm barred Saturday. I'll not be allowed on. You're barred. Full stop, pal. Um, just finally, Kieran. The important thing is you still enjoy it. Obviously, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't. But that's part of it, isn't it? It's it's hard work at times, but there's an enjoyable side to it as well, isn't there? No, completely. Like I wouldn't do it. Um, otherwise, it's unsociable hours. You're away <laughs> most weekends, <laughs> but I I just love it's it. Right. I love being in around it. Um, and you know, it's it's what you, you get into physio to do, really. Um, you want to be in around it, you want to be compet- involved in competitive sport and deal with athletes. So no, I absolutely love it. Yeah, well you're doing you a go, job. what's the best shout you've ever had from an opposition fan? You're bound to get grief somewhere. Um, I wonder which one I can actually say. <laughs> um, uh well one time I think we were playing Linfield, um in the way end at the showgrounds and uh our trainer went down right in the corner and i mean like oh. all their wee ultras were shouting screaming and out of all the melee of slavering that i've got he goes hi physio your magic sponge didn't work that time did it followed by uh, <laughs> an exuberant uh uh compliment to me i would say <laughs> very good hi no, it was one of the more uh, PC ones I could probably. I'm sure, um, I'm sure you do hear some things as well. Like <laughs> you need you need a thick skin, don't you, when you're involved in Irish league football? Oh, very much so. Um, okay, it's all good crack. Everyone, everyone knows how to have a laugh. Thankfully, so um, 
Uh, it's all good fun. Just have a laugh with the. Good. Well, here that's what it's all about. Even in the the midst of a, a bad week with a bad defeat, we we can all still have a laugh. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I know it's a cliche. It's only a game, isn't it? We, you know, there are things in, in life in the world to worry about. So, Kieran, thank you very much for coming on, Johnny. Thank you as ever for your uh, your input as well. Thank you to the Lodge Hotel for their continued sponsorship. Um, as I said at the outset. They, uh, I think they're fully booked for Christmas Day, but certainly check out Boxing Day because uh, you could get a good feed on your way up to Balamino on Boxing Day. In fact, Johnny, you and I could go there for for breakfast or something, maybe. Are you buying? Maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Well, 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 not go. We'll see how much money I get for Christmas, and then we'll work about it. We'll talk about it then. Have you any room to eat in Boxing Day or something, Robbie? If you don't sleep on Christmas, Here. you haven't done it right. Oh. Uh, Always room to eat, big man. Always room to eat. You'll be all right. Um, well, here, without any further ado, thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you to Johnny. Uh, thank you to everybody for for listening to the podcast as ever. Um, anything you want to talk to Johnny or I about, send us a message or, or grab us at the match on a Saturday and we'll have a chat. So until next week, uh, hopefully things will improve on the pitch on Saturday. And we'll speak to you all again next week. Come on, the Bandsiders. Bye.